1: The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery now available in Regina and Saskatoon at saskbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to Three Down Greencast. A, um, a tolerated presentation of 3downnation.com <laughs> with myself, Joel Gasson, and John Fraser. As usual, we are physically distanced 261 kilometers apart. you Always it, have been, uh, always will be, unless uh Grey Cup in Regina happens to be a thing this year. that's It's true. That's probably the only thing it would be Grey Cup week, or perhaps a return of time of the CFL week might be the only time we may actually do this at one point in the same room. As even when you make your way down here for games or other occurrences, it never seems to work out that we actually record said program together.
0: No, the last time we tried to do it, I was way too hungover and without uh, children, and uh, you have a very comfy spare bed, and it was like, Hey, it's noon, and I went to bed at midnight,
1: Yeah, Uh, I gotta get on the road! Yeah, you had to get on the road, and you and your friend had to get back to said wives and children, so... That's that's
0: that's true. And then the sass dude man's bond spiel, That's that's just uh, that that. Uh...
1: there's nothing again, to if... talk about then anyway. So it's fine.
0: No, it's it's true. Other than had, had we played uh, Jorgen Hughes. Yes, it would have been fun to to ask him about curling and nothing about football. That would have been good. So, again, if we run into any CFLers, especially with the riders seemingly just picking every former Husky from Saskatchewan these days, maybe we will at curling bond spiel and bam, there again, we can do the
1: thing. Yeah, and we will get into the draft in a little bit, but I did feel like um, there was a bit, again, of a lack of scouting impact, the lack of ability to get on the road and look at guys and pro days and that whole thing that maybe influenced a closer-to-home pick early on. Right. Which, I, which is fair, not not slamming them for it. I think it was a fair pick, and it all made sense. So we will get into the draft a little bit, uh, more so towards the end of the show, as we felt there was uh, some more interesting topics that, uh, yes. are, frankly, we are more, I'm not going to say experts of, the things we can actually kind of talk about a little bit better is uh there was maybe a time, John, where you knew for a bit about the draft being involved, more so kind of in uh, Husky football and Hilltop football, but uh, I mean, I've never been a self-proclaimed draft expert by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Duncan Haji edit my draft pieces to make me look smarter than I am, I'm afraid to admit that. Um, I just kind of go big picture, this is what they need, and then they kind of add little bits and pieces here or there to make me look smart, so I like... Oh, yeah, yeah, those are guys totally the riders should draft. hmm yes, hmm yes. But, uh, and now you're obviously a little more removed from it than you used to be, John, so I don't think either of us would sit here and claim to be uh, any kind of profound experts when it comes to the draft.
0: No, no, the last... Uh, actually, it's funny, though. There are two players drafted that I knew, uh, I knew well from my Hilltops days, and I'm thinking this is probably the last year that I'll be able to say that, uh, which, again, I've been out of the the you know amateur football circuit for a while now it seems but you see a couple names pop up you're like
1: i remember him taking a dump on the bus once that's fantastic (laughs) so they were probably in like their first year at that time and now now you've gone through the last of kind of your freshman class and now it's over probably i really
0: i well again the thing is too is being the hilltops guy um with that weird like amateur football rules where you, you could play five years of junior and then two more years of u sports, hmm. um there's there's still a couple guys that are lingering that you could see coming up in a year or two. But in terms of guys that 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 i that I knew kind of well that were all, uh, hilltop's veterans, uh, I would say, yeah, we're we're pretty much at the end of that minus, uh, minus one guy for the U of S, one of their running backs, Adam Mackhart, that could get drafted here in the next couple of years. Um, he's really the last guy that
1: I've, you know, drank out of a championship trophy with. Fair enough. And we're also, of course, going to get into, um, the topic we want to really want to discuss, uh, the league and they're uh, ask for federal money. And there's kind of been maybe some rumblings about the provinces, maybe uh, getting in on this discussion as well. Uh, although, of course, having to do with, um, the situation in the world right now when COVID-19 and the coronavirus and the whole thing. And of course, because of that, because of said virus, um, John and I have been at home a lot. I was, well, frankly, I was at home before this whole thing started. It's just kind of continued into it. That's fair. And John, you took the voluntary layoff from your work to, uh, for safety, frankly. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it was a smart (coughs) decision on your part. But it's kind of freed both of us up with uh, a lot of time to maybe uh, do some things we haven't been able to do so much in our lives as we get to uh, basically play house husband for the last little while and uh i've kind of enjoyed it yeah no me
0: too i know i know your wife is is working from home and my wife is still going into work every day because it's in it's slightly impossible to have a home office our house isn't substantially huge and we don't really have a setup that you could like the boys play area is right outside where we would also have the home office so it just it just doesn't work out so um myself first i got like like, I got really fat. Like, I got, like, I was approaching, like, I went through a fairly large weight gain uh, about 18 months ago, and I was approaching pre-weight gain levels, largely from baking bread, uh, breaking donuts, uh, what uh, cookies, like, every two days I was making something sweet and just going to town on it. Uh, so then I finally wised up, and I've got myself back to my pre-COVID weight, uh, thanks to actually exercising, but... No, I've been I've been kicking it with the kids. Uh, My oldest has gotten very into Legend of Zelda. So I've now played through Breath of the Wild. um, Zelda 2. He wanted to watch me throw controllers across the room because that old NES game was impossible. (laughs) I hated it. Uh, Link to the Past. And we are currently nearing the end of Wind Waker. So uh, a lot of baking, a lot of parenting, uh, excessive amounts of drinking
1: like like, Well, I mean, that helps get you to above your pre-COVID weight quite easily.
0: No, and that, that I think that applaud on all the sugar. But it's just like, it's one of those things that, like, I'm a guy that when the workday ends, I like one or two. Like, I'm all like, give me one or two drinks. I don't need them. I'm not the kind of guy that's like, oh, my God, I'm jonesing for it. I just like it. I like a couple drinks, go home. After I get home, I go to bed. Problem is, is I found myself, it's like, as I've been staying up later like two has turned into 10 quite easily <laughs> and my tolerance is quite high. So, uh, the costs associated with that are, uh, yeah, not so good, but, yeah. uh, thankfully the banks and the daycares are like, Hey, don't worry. Don't, don't worry about it. So, uh, I have been, uh, and then there was, yeah, no, there's about like, there's six hours of yard work on the weekend. So lots of stuff like that. Uh, outside of that, I have mastered thin crust pizza. So Joel, if you want a great thin crust pizza recipe,
1: give mine a try. You said you were going to send that to me, and you still haven't, but uh, I'm quite fond personally Shit. of my uh, my pizza crust, the sourdough pizza crust that I've uh, been making a little bit. It just, it adds a nice crunch to it. It's quite good, I find anyway. And yeah, the...
0: I've, I've never had a sourdough starter. I've
1: no, never... I mean, that's fair, and I don't want to be that guy that goes on about it. I mean, I've kind of been neglecting a little bit recently, to be honest with you, but no, it's, it's an interesting, <laughs> it's kind of fun, kind of a fun thing to have around. I haven't really successfully made like a good sourdough loaf with it yet. That's mm-hmm. like the really hard thing to do with it. The discard where you just kind of make like pancakes with it or pizza dough or I made, I made banana bread with it which makes the crust on the outside at least for the first day in a bit like really crunchy. So like what? it's really, huh. really good because you're used to ban- banana bread, right? Where it's like that got kind of like that really soft exterior. It's good. It's really good. It's banana right. bread. It's good. I mean, how could it go wrong? Especially you don't use your chocolate chips and whatever in it. A little bit, you get the sourdough starter mixed mix it with it and it just adds this like crunch. To the outside of it and it's just it's delicious we made french toast with it on the weekend mm, it was mm, that that's it sounds was awesome. really good yeah yeah and of course the pizza crust i made uh i made flour tortillas myself i think that was last week they were i don't know all the weeks kind of blend together recently right i have a trouble remembering what like i know i did it at some point i don't remember exactly but i know i did something you know
0: have you, have you had a hard time remembering to put out your garbage and recycling too?
1: No, because the city of Regina has a great service where you can set up for text alerts on when to, when uh, garbage and recycling day are.
0: Yeah, city of Saskatoon only has email and a notification, mm. but the problem is is the notification, if you don't clear it, yeah, it doesn't like pop up again. Okay. So I've like because again, I don't know what day of the week it is most of the yeah, time.
1: I generally have a good idea, but yeah, the City of Regina will. You can set it. You can set it up to either get the email or you can get a text, and I think the text is a lot easier. So yeah, I get a text right now every Thursday for garbage and every or every Wednesday for garbage because Thursday is garbage day and every Sunday for or every second Sunday for recycling. So.
0: Yeah, I I sign up for the email, but the problem is is like. With everybody you've ever been on a mailing list, letting you know what they're doing about COVID nineteen. Um, mm-hmm. My inbox, and I'm not one of those guys, uh, but my inbox currently has
1: 555 messages in it. Whew. Yeah, I am. I am OCD about clearing notifications, so mine never goes above like two.
0: <laughs> I used to be. I used to be, and then I was just getting hammered. Like so, I still. When I left media, I primarily used the Gmail account because the old people – the people I used to work for were so cheap. The email server would crash all the time, and
1: because of that – oh, So that's so, why your email is what it is. I was wondering why.
0: Well, that's exactly it. I'm not right? going to say so, what it is, obviously, but <laughs> – Yeah, exactly. But, but – uh, so what I did was I used my own Gmail because – we would actually regularly get, get lodged as spam because somebody in the building would check it and it'd be sending out spam messages. SAS tells like, listen, you guys don't know what the frick you're doing. You're not allowed to email any of the customers. Right. So mm-hmm. a lot of mine, I still get a lot of press releases. Like a lot of people just didn't remove me from the mailing list, which I appreciate. <laughs> right. Like I didn't have to go and get re-added. So I still get like all your CFL teams. I get your CFL. I get like your CEBL. I get a bunch of that. And I'm just like, Hey, it's a handy resource. And then, So simultaneously, while getting that in my work email and my personal email, it's all just coming together where it's like, we're doing this for COVID and we're still open and we're not open. And hey, you should our CEO cares about you. Oh, my God. If I have to read (laughs) trying or struggling times one more time, like, oh, my
1: goodness. So
0: I just about three weeks ago, like my work mail where customers still email me. Now, this is a bad one because I, I like I've responded to every customer that's emailed me. My work email, uh, my actual, like, jfraser at oakwithnissan.com is up to 21 unread messages. But, like, I just see the subject. I'm like, I don't need to read that. This is from a lender on new rates, and I am not
1: working. Yeah. That you like, shouldn't even be looking at it at all, quite frankly. Technically, I shouldn't. No, you're no. right.
0: But but <laughs> the same thing, I, like, part of me still doesn't want to be that guy, right? Like, you know, I'm the face of a lot of people like... A lot of people want to know what the hell to do with their payments at this time. God knows I've been through it. And it's like, well, you know, I still
1: want to reply.
0: I mean, it's not like I'm sending nudes or anything, but, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, hope I hope you're not. That would be. That That'd would be really tripping. bad. That'd be fire. You save that for Even bombing. Technically... You save that for all the Zoom meetings you bomb, right? Right.
0: Yes. Yes. Just go in. Actually, there was one I missed because uh, one of the kids uh, had had a. Uh... No, it was Connor. It had a diaper that I was supposed to be on a Zoom meeting with our insurance reps and some of my co-workers. And then right before that I was about to start, I look and Connor's got that little liquidy brown spot right about his diaper line. And you go, mm-hmm. oh, no. Oh, no. And he had one of those poops that goes up the diaper and out of the back.
1: Mm. Yeah. So well, at that- least you were like smart enough to not bring your computer or whatever device you're using in with you while you did that that's that's fair yeah nobody, a lot of people nobody... have that moment you've read the stories and people have that moment where they're like oh no i gotta go do this but it's something you really shouldn't be bringing your device like in pooping. with you you yeah. should not be pooping with it yeah like spencer hall wrote the piece on banner society a, a while ago about working from home when he told the story of where he he was in a he was in a conference call or something of a meeting he had to run to the bathroom so he went in the bathroom and he thought he had his phone unmuted at some point through the time he had it unmuted so that was that was funny
0: no, absolutely. absolutely. That's the last thing, you know, like a Zoom meeting, you need to, Yeah. like, I thought about doing that during my, like, Zoom meeting when I was doing poker last last Saturday, but, uh, or last Friday, I should say, but uh, even that would be a touch offside.
1: side. Yeah, maybe that would be kind of funny, depending on what, if you did it at the point of the night where you've had a few, we all have had a few, it probably would have been funny. Yeah. At least, at yeah, least that... bring it in and just, like, turn around so they just hear the noise but don't actually see you. Oh, next poker night I'm doing that. And just pee, don't not number 2, obviously.
0: Mm, you never
1: know sometimes.
0: When I get <laughs> when I get too many I get too many vodkas in me, you never know what's going to happen, Joel.
1: Yeah, and so we're also going to of course talk a little bit about the CFL and what's going on uh, in the world of it right now as usual, but before we get to all that John, though I know the answer because you're only buying one thing these days, uh what's in the glass? Uh as again, I continue on my uh No, what did
0: I – oh, what did I buy the other day? No, I I made a point. I'm not drinking it right now again because I've cut down on the beer to, again, a lot of that – try to get down to that pre-COVID weight. So I'm still on the uh, Lucky Bastard vodka with the zero-calorie club soda, the zero-calorie crystal light mix, and some ice. So that's been my go-to. You're basically – you're being pretty basic right now is what we're we're saying. I'm being super basic. Like I should have Ugg boots or what would be (laughs) – okay, what's like the male equivalent of, of being a basic bee? Honestly, I have no idea. Is it like flat-brimmed hat, collared shirt?
1: Like I, I think that's D-Bag. I don't think that's...
0: Right, right. I, what about Hockey Bro? Like, what does a Hockey Bro wear these days? I couldn't tell you. Like, I could tell. Like, this would be, this would be a Hockey Bro drink. Like, that absolutely yeah. would be a Hockey Bro drink. Um, but I did, on Saturday, after doing a ton of yard work, uh, I went and picked up another friend of the program, um, I was at a liquor store, not my usual one because they're starting to know me too well. Um, went to a different one, and they had singular cans of Parallel 49's trash panda mm-hmm. for only $325.
1: Repped by a friend of the show, Michael Torrey.
0: Absolutely. So yep. I was walking by the single can section with a bottle of vodka in my hand and some lime beer for my wife, and I look and I'm like, Holy shit! It's only $329 for a tall boy I can have trash panda hell yeah get in my belly i've been doing yard work today so grab that so um same thing hazy hoppy in that same kind of line that i like during the summer uh almost like a new england ipa uh yeah we compare it to Blackbird's new england ipa and of course the official beer of three down nation greencast the pile of bones white ipa so it was nice refreshing great after a a hard day of yard work
1: yeah i've I've had the trash panda a few times a pretty pretty solid beer uh for me uh, it's a newcomer for me today, trying the uh, new one, one of the new ones from Rebellion. It is the Outback Hemp Beer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was curious about that one. Yeah, so this one is made uh, with hemp from Carrot River, Saskatchewan. They actually went up to Carrot River and launched it up there, which I thought was pretty cool. That's um, super cool touch. Artwork on the can's really cool. It's got like the northern lights and some like Saskatchewan type scenery going on. It was, like, the, there's like a little bit of a lake and then you know the farm field, basically, that whole kind of thing going on. And and usually on the side of the can, it'll say like kind of what the flavor profiles are. There's one that says Explore Lakes, Rivers, and Forests, which I thought is kind of cool and fits the theme of the beer. Um, As for itself, it's a beer. And if you like beer that is beer, this is a beer that's for you. And I'm quite enjoying it as the weather warms up a little bit, so uh, I may pick up a few more of these at uh, one point in time. Could be one uh, that your father-in-law might actually like, because I think it's even it's probably even a little tamer than, like, the Blastoff or the Lentil or the Cerveza. Interesting. I will have to definitely give it a try. And,
0: uh, yeah, win over Father-in-law and Lacey, because whenever I can win them over, more craft beer can come into my life.
1: Yeah, and an easy drinking at 4.5%, uh, so uh, two or three of them isn't going to leave you uh, too mangled. It's true, especially not now with how my tolerance has even grown further. Mm-hmm.
0: Speaking of scary. mangled...
1: The CFL's uh, finances appear that they, hey. might, they might be mangled should there be uh, no Canadian football on the field this season. As uh, we all know by now, uh, the report came out from the Canadian press, uh, from Randy Ambrose himself, that uh, the league could need some money. Well, they're, they need some money now, they say, and could need some more should uh, no games be played. Of course, um, everyone was caught by the... and the media kind of went into it, and I hate ragging on the media, but they all took the headline of up to $150 million could be necessary for the CFL should there not be any single games played this year.
0: Well, and the media did a pretty shitty job of just saying CFL needs 150 million. Like, there's a few outlets that didn't do that, but, like, everywhere I was looking, it seemed like CFL needs 150 million. Oh, by the way, they only need 30 of it right now.
1: Like, that that to me was... I get it, we're all competing for clicks. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no doubt about that, but there's a lot of strings attached to this. There's a lot of what's and if's and how's and... This is how it's how it's going to roll out. We don't really know for sure, if at all, at this point. Though Devin Haru was on the Rod Peterson show today, and it sounded like uh, talks are moving in a pretty good direction for that. But, yeah, realistically, right now, the league has said they need $30 million to stay afloat. Which, I mean, to you and I, that's a lot of money. We could retire if we suddenly had $30 million. You never have to work again. We, I could float three down nation for a bit and grow this into something that we really wanted to. But, regardless... In terms of the government and the whole as a country, it's not a ton. And then I found it interesting when we got, you know, it wasn't too long after that, we had heard that the Canadian Premier League was looking for 15 million, which to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see them being about half of what the CFL is in terms of economic value and revenue and all that at this right. point. And yep. the CEBL was looking for five, which probably is fair as well, when you consider where they're at in their existence and their popularity and, the whole shebang like that. So to me, the numbers yeah. all on that end, the thirty million dollars, line up a little bit. And overall, I I get it. I get both sides of this conversation, and it's it's a it's a it's a dumb stance to take, I know. But realistically speaking, I understand the people out there who say you know pro sports is it shouldn't be floated or this or they should have to repay it, which I don't necessarily disagree with. And the whole thing like that, like I get that side of it, but I also see the other side of it. And to me, this is where I fall a little more on it, is the CFL is a business like any other. It is a business that exists to create profit to a degree. The community teams aren't supposed to hoard too much profit, blah, blah, blah. But right. for the most part, for the private owners especially, this is a money-making venture. And I know these a lot of these guys are rich in the whole thing, but this the economics of a league still have to exist to a certain degree. And had this been a scenario where the CFL had shot itself in the foot and did something really dumb, and was suddenly bleeding money all over the place, and this was all their fault, I'd say, no, tough, figure it out. Right, like the Riders used to way back in the day. Exactly, and like the league has done in the past, when things have kind of gone sideways for them economically. Yes. But in this case, I do believe that the CFL, and frankly, most businesses where their revenue has essentially been dropped to zero because of the COVID situation had nothing to do with themselves, there's nothing literally they could do about this to continue operating and making any kind of money whatsoever. They deserve some kind of aid. Now, should it be $150 million for the league? I don't know. These talks are ongoing. I'm sure something, it sounds like, is probably going to be figured out, and it probably should for them, for the CPL, for this EBL, and all kinds of businesses across this country.
0: Right, and I'm with you. Um I think the misconception is that I think your vocal minority, I think your vocal minority are the people that, that don't follow CFL football, that don't realize all that don't realize what these guys actually make. that don't realize the economic spinoff. They don't realize the hotels, the meals, the everything that it brings to a community. I, I it's the people that are like, <laughs> I 110% think that the, the Canadian government should step up because as you said, you know, this is not of the CFL's doing. Basically, the government has told them you cannot have fans in the stands. Now, some people have said, well, the CFL should have diversified. That's fair. They were working on diversifying their their global income. And then this hit them like, like out of nowhere. This came out of nowhere. We couldn't have seen this. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here like I do every time I record. I'm watching the replay of last year's Grey Cup game. I don't think anybody knew what the word COVID was back then, right? You couldn't see this coming. It is not their fault that they're, should they have been quicker on maybe picking up other revenue streams? Absolutely.
1: But but what else is there really to pick up? Like you could sure. Could they have maybe worked the TV deal a little more to get some more money? Perhaps, but it wasn't ever going to reach a point where you were like the NFL and it could save you. The economies of scale are so entirely different to, Basically, every professional league that isn't the Big Four, and you could even argue every professional league that isn't the NFL, quite frankly.
0: Right, absolutely. And and I would argue that, that like, l- let's look at this as a whole. There are three, maybe four leagues that I think could justifiably
1: ask the Canadian government for money. Professional exists exactly. Because there's, there's a whole other ball of wax you're going to open soon with, like, Major Junior and Junior A and, you know... Those sorts of—they're not supposed to be quasi businesses, but they essentially are. Right? Well,
0: yeah, essentially. Like, I—I I don't think how any of those. Like, I—I I think the CHL and everybody has said like we're not going to. Now, the interesting thing to me will be what will those leagues be asking for? Yeah. Like, I know that's coming d- down the road in terms of amateur leagues and stuff, but I don't—I don't think CHL players are going to get their 20 new twigs at the beginning of a season like the, like they're currently doing these days, but. I think in terms of pro leagues I think the CFL is justified for money um, it, it employs On the field It employs 50% Canadians But I mean like off of it There's so many people being affected by this You know you're not getting hotel dollars You're not getting you know Even little things like the fuel on the On the planes at the airport You're not getting that right So yeah. I think they're justified in that I'm with you on the on, on the Canadian Premier League I would even say you know the fifteen million for the Canadian Premier League is—I'm uh, surprised that that it's that low, only because they are an upstart league and and they're new and they don't have really—they've got some traction after one season, but I didn't think they had a ton. So um, shows that obviously they're managing their finances well. And same with the Canadian Elite Basketball League, right? The CEBL—it's it's a, that's another upstart league. Like I—I don't—I don't believe in giving a dime to the NHL to. The Toronto Blue Jays, too. I don't believe giving – no, no, no. You, you've you no. got the revenue there. I, I am a firm believer in let's keep these uniquely Canadian things alive, and it's going to be a drop in the bucket compared to what other industries are going to be asking for. Oh, it's, it's coming. It's coming. There's no question. Oh, 100% it is. I work in the automotive industry, and I can assure you something's coming. There's going to be an ask at some point this year. If not here, there's going to be one in the states, you know, uh, the and I and I'm a big proponent of the oil and gas industry. I think at this time in our history, it is still essential. And I think that it, it still affects a lot of livelihoods. Um, so I was a fan of them getting one point five billion to to clean up wells. But, yeah, it's just I, I guess I guess it's your your vocal minority that's 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 coming up with this. And I'm wanna I'm. I'm one hundred percent. Give them the thirty million,
1: and then make them open up the books as to why you need up to one hundred and fifty. Yeah, and I, I think like, that's entirely fair. And Randy Ambrosi, at least publicly, has said that that's what they are planning on doing. That, that they they wanted to be fully accountable to the league, and I mean to sort of the government and to the taxpayers and all that. So I, I think that's fair. And. You know, I don't necessarily agree with their sort of the league's quote-unquote payback strategy, which is basically free government advertising and we'll send our players to events that you want and that whole thing. I I, I right. don't think that's significant fair value back. I think there's some kind of formula that can probably be worked out there in terms of this is an interest-free loan and you kind of pay it back as you can, whatever kind of thing, or you, maybe if you pay back X percentage, we'll forgive the rest of something. There has to be some kind of formula right. where I think this works out rather than... Here's 150 million for nothing. Should it all work out, essentially, maybe you work in some contra advertising. and That's fine, but I, 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 you know, like I don't think they should just get the money for essentially nothing. I think in terms of something like the CFL, I think there is the ability to at least on some sort of at least about face level pay this back in some kind of real way rather than some niceties.
0: Okay, hypothetically, and I know this was something I saw. A little bit making their... Own, and this is, I'm sure, exclusive to Saskatchewan. But if next year, when you want to buy a ticket to a CFL game, there was a $2 surcharge on your ticket... Oh, they've already got, like, 100 other surcharges on them, so why not? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, like, like I, I get it. Like, CFL teams, you know, as, as you and I discussed, uh, you know, last week, and about the... Like, they operate basically razor-thin, right? Yep. Who... <laughs> To me, you add two to five bucks to a ticket until you've paid back a percentage. The government goes, "Okay, you're good because, you know, at some point that's happening, like Mm five dollars a ticket, two bucks, two to five bucks a ticket is not going to make or break anybody. And that's the easiest solution right there. Like like if uh, me as a ticket buying person, if all of a sudden it's like, hey, we missed we got to pay the government back for saving the league. So for the next three years, your tickets are going to be two bucks more. Per game, yeah. Oh, okay. Like to me, that just like that to me, it makes sense to pass it on to the to the consumer. Like it's the The only argument that people have is that yeah, the money all makes you know it's thirty million. If you break down per Canadian, it's only a couple of bucks. It's not a whole bunch of money. But the argument that that people do come up with is you know, hey, I've never go to a CFL game. I never
1: buy tickets, blah, blah, blah in my life. Right. So there's lots of things the government funds that I don't necessarily like that I still pay. We all pay into still. So, I mean, to me, that 100%. to me, that argument doesn't really float. So.
0: Right. So. But that is their main argument. That's the yeah. pill they're going to die and on. And I mean,
1: and the other argument is this is given the ability, the time and the ability for those that just hate the CFL to say, no, just let it die. Right. Exactly. So
0: yeah the only argument with logic i should say is is that one so i think the cfl would would come out and like i know there'd be blowback from fans because Mm -hmm. you know the cfl fan base can be a little sensitive at times but hey it's a tunia ticket for the next x years until they pay the feds back like i
1: think to me that that just comes out as a good pr move yeah i think that's fair i mean you could. You can go even further if you wanna. You can do 50 50s across the league to pay it back too. <laughs> you could do one you could do one of those really big ones that started at Edmonton at like a hundred grand and you'd have a good chunk of it paid off. That's a brilliant idea, guess.
0: <laughs> a se- what no, seriously though. A season long fifty-fifty across the league to pay the government back. <laughs> like like I know we're laughing and we're kind of joking about it, yeah. but
1: like uh, and we know, especially on the Prairies, if you get into, uh, I don't know if they're like Manitoba, but I know when Alberta and Saskatchewan, the 50-50s go nuts. So, Well, they do as well in Manitoba. Yeah.
0: And some places I've been in Ontario. Like, yeah, that would raise a couple million in a real, like, I bet you uh, a, a season-long 50-50 across all CFL stadiums would raise 2 million bucks.
1: Probably. Easily. Especially like if you get really big buy-in from the prairies, yeah, easily, right? You know, it's a save our save our league fifty-fifty. All of a sudden,
0: you're writing a check to the government for two million bucks, and somebody's walking home with two million bucks. As long as there's as long as there's nobody chanting to donate it back in the stands that day, then I'm okay with it. If anybody, <laughs> I, I think you would have to off, you
1: would have to announce that. That would be like if, you, if you're ever at rider games or at you know, some of these games where the jackpot is so massive, they're like, oh, we'll announce the winner online tomorrow. That's basically why. Like, there's reasons why they do that, right? Well, no, a- absolutely. It, it... So this would have to be, if they actually did this and there was, like, a $3 million prize at the end, it would be like, okay, we're going to announce this at, like, 8 o'clock the night after the Grey Cup on television. Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yes. Do it on SportsCenter or something, you know? And, and, just, and just have, like while one of your anchors is brushing his teeth, combing his hair, hosting the show, and also have him announce the winner of $3 million. (laughs) That seems to be TSN's move these days.
1: Yeah, so that's a pretty good time, I guess, to transition to um, the draft. And it happened last week. It was on Thursday. Um, The Riders pretty much did everything we wanted them to do. They drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. a Saskatchewan boy, Melford Saskatchewan's uh, Matlin Riley. So, you know, he follows another... uh, Another in the line of uh, Saskatchewan linemen that have uh, played for the Riders. Well, you know, I don't really have any feelings on the guy one way or the other, as we've talked about before. So we'll have to see where all kinds of the players went. But overall, the strategy looked good. They took an offensive lineman. They got a receiver. They got some linebackers, running backs. You know, they, they did the whole thing where they can help depth-wise, the special teams, the whole thing right now. And in the eighth round, with a third last pick in the entire draft, they took a flyer on, uh, on a guy of the NFL. So, I mean... Really, to me, it was pretty much they hit all the right notes. They did everything they had to do, and I can't really say anything more about the writer draft.
0: No, that's uh, that's true. If you want real draft analysis, uh, our friend with the um, <laughs> much belined hat, uh, John Hodge, uh, knows a lot more than us. I would. I gave his. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's the way I graded the writers' drafts. I scrolled through. Hodge gave them mostly good grades. I went. Okay, they did well. And of course, I'm always a big fan of being from Saskatoon and being around the Husky football program and involved with them. And uh, for several years, as we talked about off the top of the show, Uh, I am a big fan when you see a local guy get drafted, because especially here in Saskatchewan, you know, that guy dreams of playing for the Riders. You like, you know, if you're playing football and you aspire to be a pro, you probably dream of playing for Saskatchewan Mm -hmm. and to see them pick a guy it's lived his life wanting to do that. They've had great success with local towns, especially on the offensive line. Uh, you and I have seen there's, there's always been good camaraderie amongst those local guys. So I think it's, it, it's a good get. He's got time to develop, you know, it's, they're not asking him to come in and be the hero. No. They're asking him to come and live his dream of being a rider and slowly get better because they have depth.
1: Right. And hopefully be better than Z- Josiah St. John. <laughs> yeah that was a great pick Chris Jones is such a good person at drafting I mean they did get Cam Judge under his watch so I mean there's not you can't yeah and Dakota and Dakota Shepley so I mean
0: yeah so he got lucky on two guys that didn't go to the NFL that's yeah
1: that's that's kind of what the drafters become hasn't it
0: that's no you're you're right I mean well that's that's fair but uh and again the one thing I, I I did notice outside of the terrible broadcast that I also alluded to earlier. Yeah, we'll get to that in well, a
1: second.
0: Yeah, was the fact that... Remember how I had said in our draft preview episode that if teams were going off the board early, that's the indication that we might not have a season? Mm-hmm. Teams were largely picking based on need, and again, the Riders taking a long shot with their last pick. I'm a huge fan of that. I think that's a great idea. Um, but nobody's really taking those early NFL long shots off early. So I think no. that... That's a good sign that, you know, we might have CFL football.
1: Or at least there's no immediate indication that there won't be. I think it's probably right. a fair way to look at it. If if behind the scenes there was a one, like they knew it wasn't going to happen, then yeah, the draft probably really goes goofy. Um, if you paid only attention to the CFL.ca draft rankings, it looked goofy. But if you looked at, right. like, actual rankings done by people that are, you know, legitimately trying to do this, not the CFL.ca1s who are built basically by Team Scouts, and they're all right. trying to hide the guys they actually want, so exactly. don't pay too much attention to that ranking a whole lot. If you look at Hodges, I believe seven of the first 12 all went to the first 20, so. Yes,
0: yeah, and and, and if you're watching the Jim Mullen show or following along with Jim M- Mullen on uh, mm. Countdown U, uh, which I know you don't want to talk about the broadcast yet, but. We can, and get you into it I have, we can get into it now. Okay. How on earth do you not use Jim Mullen in your draft day coverage? I, I know maybe our listeners, they might know Jim Mullen. Um, maybe not as well as, as you and I do. But but Jim, his passion, his life's goal, along with uh, a great businessman here in Saskatoon, Dave Dubé, had a chance, to, I've had a beer or two with Dave, great guy, is to basically raise the profile of U sports football. Speaking of guys who could float the CFL money if he needed to. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Basically, yeah. There's there's a guy right there. And actually, you know what? Um, while we're uh, speaking of Dave and his money, he's been doing something on his Twitter. Uh, he's been donating to food banks and everything across North America every single day since this has started. Like yep. that's class, right there, right? Um, but but back to Jim. And if you have if you ever have a chance to converse with Jim, as I have, like. Nobody knows U Sports football better than Jim Mullen, and his show is on TSN.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, to be fair, I guess it's not. It's not quite TSN production. They just they bought the rights, or they have an advertising deal, or whatever the situation is. But right. still, he is on your network. And I put it out on Twitter, and someone agreed to him, and then he replied back with the GIF of just like a zip, like he wasn't saying anything. Right. So I think deep down inside, he was also like, "Yeah, I agree, but I can't
0: say anything." <laughs> right exactly like 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 most media personalities when they when when they really like again i had a pretty hot take on a certain media personality this week on twitter and yeah we you know what the yeah. Pu- publicly there wasn't a ton of people saying yeah you're right privately there's a lot of people saying yeah you're right
1: mm-hmm. so yeah
0: i how on earth do you not utilize gym? i don't i, I don't understand like especially like I, especially
1: it, given the product that we saw like if, if they had like four legitimate experts that were at his level sure
0: well it had to use let's say had they use dunk
1: which they like, did one year when they'd used to when they broadcasted rounds three food through seven on tsn.ca the one year they actually brought Dunk in and he did those rounds
0: exactly like 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 i could i i I'm not saying that, that Dunk is smarter than Jim or Jim is smarter than Dunk. But, like, if you had somebody that who actually knew what the F they were talking about on there...
1: Other than Tony you know, Ford, who was the savior of that entire broadcast. 100%.
0: But to me, to be a draft, you need draft... Look at the NFL, like, and I get it. You're not going to have six guys that follow you Sports Football and the NCAA here in Canada. But no. that NFL draft had... Four or five guys that knew everything about every single pick that these yeah, teams were making.
1: The, the NFL draft coverage was littered with guys from college game day. There wasn't exactly. a whole lot of guys for, I mean, Booger was there for some reason, but I think he was filling at the last minute for someone who fell ill. But otherwise, right. otherwise, it was basically, it was filled on ESPN and on ABCs, because they did two separate broadcasts on each network, littered with guys from college game day, not Monday Night Football or ESPN Countdown.
0: Right, exactly. And let's just, let's just be thankful that Dwayne Ford hasn't been that busy in the legal department that he's been able to actually watch some new sports games and really bring that level of co- coverage up, because it was just, it was not good. It was not huh. good on any level.
1: Like, it, it, it wasn't, and even, even like, I, I, the, the analysis might have gotten better at some point. I don't know. I just, I just zoned out and was not paying a whole lot of attention to it. And I think the the real telltale of basically how boring this broadcast was came from my wife. Because the week before, she had sat beside me, because the way our house is set up, we basically have one TV with a cable box. Right. She was kind of, she was doing a little bit of work or whatever on the side, but she was kind of half paying attention to what was going on with the NFL draft. Not that she knew anything was going on, she didn't really know anything about it, but she enjoyed the broadcast as a whole, and she enjoyed when they showed the shots of the GM with his family in their home, and the whole thing like that. Like, she actually liked that. As someone who knows nothing about the NFL, let alone college football, and who these guys are, and who's being taken... She enjoyed the quality of the broadcast, and she fell asleep during the CFL draft. The CFL
0: draft just <laughs> seemed like... long. Well, and, and two, let's face it. Your, your guys' favorite moments, you're both dog people, was definitely when Bill Belichick's dog was on, on the camera. It was, like, l- was among them. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, you're right. The CFL draft just seemed like one long, rambling, monotonous, like... Like, asking Farhan, asking any broadcaster mm-hmm. to host... And announce the picks. And,
1: like, like it just, like, it especially, like... Especially what was the commission doing that he was so busy that he couldn't take a minute every 10 minutes to announce a name? Drinking a beer with JT? I don't know. Put that like, on, I don't care. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the whole thing up.
0: Exactly, just crushing beers to Justin Trudeau, negotiating your $150 million line of credit, and uh, boom, away you go. Um, you're right, it was just... And especially to like, it's not like there's a ton of tape on these guys. You don't have game highlights ready to go for every single one of these. So it was like four, especially, guys, the,
1: especially the guys in like lower level NCAA. One
0: hundred percent. Like, like to me, that would have made okay radio. Yeah. What they did, but in terms of TV, like. If you're TSN for whatever asinine reason, and, 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 and again, why is Farhan announcing the picks? You could have, like, we're in the deadest time in known history, and everybody's appetite for, for pro sports has never been hungry, I would argue.
1: Which have we saw not- that, like, the number, the ratings proved they were up 116%. They did about 400,000 to- 400, view- 100- 400, viewers total. The average was about 78. I I argue that that average probably could have been higher had the broadcast been more interesting to watch.
0: No, hundred percent, or or like this is your chance to get a little exposure on Sportsnet, right? You have Ambrosy, like, hey, CFL draft was last night. Here's your first round, right? Mm-hmm. If you have Ambrosy making those picks
1: or uh, anybody, I've, like, I've, I've, we've made this, about, this argument about the CFL draft forever, is that it is such a CFL on TSN production that any yeah. other outlet that uses video as their primary medium isn't going to pick it up. Because Randy Ambrosie previously used to be standing in the TSN studio announcing the pick. So there would never be on another network, on even on global news at night, you'd rarely ever see... You know, there wouldn't be the clip of the commissioner walking out and saying, and with the first overall pick in the CFL draft, the BC Lions elect, Jordan Williams. Right, exactly. And,
0: and on top of it all, like... I don't understand, like, okay, if you are TSN, you've made the decision that this is our product, this is our production, we're going to make this a thing. This is this is our thing. Yeah. And you've made that decision, like, how on earth do you not get another TSN personality to just announce the picks, to just give you that break rather than the I caught myself. Like, I would be
1: I'd be watching Twitter, I'd be paying attention to other things going on. And all of a sudden, they would be talking about a different pick, and I was like, whoa, what happened? Because you're right, there wasn't right? that moment where, I mean, a draft is a draft, and there isn't oh, there isn't enough going on all the time, where you're constantly always paying attention, but there's usually that moment where you know when to watch. And the NFL is very good at this, when their draft will be, you'll hear like the, bam ba bam bam da bam you would hear the music right. saying the pick is in, and you look up, and then all of a sudden, the commissioner is there announcing the pick. Or, this, or even it was, if this it was all this, it was all this one thing, and all of a sudden, it was over. Put it th- Put it this way.
0: As somebody that's been involved intimately with the National Lacrosse League, with a National Lacrosse League, does something better than you, you have severely dropped the ball. Yeah. The National Lacrosse League has the commissioner announce the pick. Yeah. Like the most like dysfunctional, disorganized league office you'll see in and in your life. You know that you know that drawer where you just put like random junk in it like pens and matches and Chinese takeout flyers that is more organized than the National Cross League's head office and yet they can put on a better draft production than the CFL like somebody's got to pull their head out of their ass I mean this was your great chance to make it something and you didn't and you're probably never going to because this was your chance
1: and I've seen the arguments of you know they don't really want to spend the money right now when I get that but this wasn't this wouldn't have been expensive to do this is, a, no. this, this is an unprecedented time in broadcasting where no one gives a crap if your quality is actually good or not. Everyone is quite understanding right now. You are seeing all, all right. kinds of programming, live or otherwise, that is being shot with webcams right now when no one gives yeah. a crap. So, you know what? Yeah, it's pretty easy. And this, I have a feeling there might even be some CFL paranoia that played into this. CFL, you know, football ops, head office kind of paranoia. Just put a camera... In the, in through, you put a camera, every team has some extra device lying around where they could set up a camera in front of John Huffnagel and you can show a shot of him. The mics don't have to be on. I don't care. They weren't on right. with the NFL broadcast. This shows some different things going on instead yeah. of just these four talking heads in some YouTube video for two hours. Show so, show a Zoom meeting. Yeah like have some of these guys in a zoom meeting that you can cut to like
0: I mean if I can play poker on a Friday night with buddies in Ontario and Alberta and BC and like and the picture quality is great how on earth can you not do this with a couple of coaches like it's actually like it's funny like a lot of people rag on the CFL for being embarrassing this is the most embarrassed I think the CFL has been in a very long time it looked cheap it looked stupid they dropped the ball and just like uh, it was just it was just a it, it was a wasted opportunity for the CFL.
1: Yeah, and that's that's I mean it kind of goes back to the piece I wrote a while ago about suggestions for what the CFL on TSN can be doing better and this felt like another scenario where it, they just kind of half-assed it because that's kind of what they've been doing for a while. And this could have been an opportunity to really ramp it up and make this feel bigger than it was like so many other sports leagues do so well instead it made the CFL draft feel smaller than it actually is
0: no and, and you're absolutely right like like even when the commissioner was was in was in the studio it felt small yeah but they somehow made it feel like even smaller which again during the era of COVID-19 like that is that is not what you should be doing at all like you should be grasping opportunities and here they didn't everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time